Hey, thanks for joining us today for another message from the series of Forecasting the Future, where we're learning about the end times events and all the signs of the time that are happening right now, the rapture of Christ, and just the different things that are happening today in our world that will affect our near future of what we will see God doing. Um, also, every week we're receiving updates of what God is doing in the lives of people listening to these sermons. And so if you'd like to share with us how God is working in your life, please send us an email at connect at etag.tv. Or if you would like to help support this ministry financially, to help pe people hear sermons just like these all around the world, you can do so by going on to our website, etag.tv, and clicking on the Give link. Now prepare your mind and prepare your heart to hear another message from Pastor Gary Wiggins as he talks about forecasting the future. together. Sing that one more time. I
Deuteronomy chapter 6, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you may do them in the land that you go in to possess. God's will was for them to go in and possess the land. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life that thy days may be prolonged. I want you to lift your hands and claim these blessings now. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten, thou shalt be full, and thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord. Brethren, lift these offerings up. Ushers, Father, in the name of Jesus, Come on, stretch your hands towards these offerings. Everyone, those watching right now. Lord, we dedicate and we consecrate the worship of our God through our giving. Lord, we know that this is a very important act of worship as we bring what represents our lives and the work that you've allowed us to perform and do. And so, Lord, we dedicate these offerings for the furtherance of the gospel, that there will be meat in the storehouse. And Father, I lift my hands and I bless your people. I pray that their homes will be filled with the peace of Jesus Christ. That there will be a spirit of abundance that will come upon this congregation and all of our online campus. And that God, every need will be supplied and that this church family will become greater channels of the blessings of God so that we might fund the end time harvest of souls with the soon return of Jesus. And everybody say amen. God bless you. Let's remain standing and continue our worship before the Lord. Forever. 
lift your hands. Come on. I believe in expressing our love. wonder what how God feels sometimes that he looks at us and yeah I love you listen your spouse wants to know that you love him or her amen God wants you to express your love he created us with the ability to express ourselves now true some are more expressive than others but I want to tell you you ought to be more expressive about your love for Christ than anything else in your life. And if you are thankful that He is in your life and that His salvation has come to you, I want you to lift your hands and I want us to sing this one more time. And I don't want half-heartedness. I want there to be out of the depths of your being an expression that says, Jesus, I love you. I'm grateful to you. I worship you. I magnify you. to find your Bibles and everyone stand in honor of reading the word turn to Luke 21 thank you worship team and God bless you for giving and worship Luke 21 beginning with verse 25 we begin a sermon series this morning entitled forecasting the future it is three parts this morning we will skip next Sunday because of Dan Kalinda but the last two Sundays of March will be part two and three Tonight the service will revolve around the blood wounds and if you don't want to miss that service at 6 o'clock we'll mention some of that in the sermon this morning to whet your appetite for the service tonight. But God gave me some revelation about these blood moons. And yesterday morning I went in about 4.45 and I woke my wife up and I said, Honey, I've got a revelation from the scripture. She said, are you going to tell the people Sunday morning? I said, yes, why? She said, well, can you wait and tell me then? <laughs> Amen. Luke 21, verse 25. Jesus said, there shall be signs in the sun 
and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear or looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. That's a good place to get excited. Amen. Hallelujah. And when these things begin to come to pass, look up. Lift up your heads. Your redemption draweth nigh. Boy, this is an excited group, amen. You know, I thought only the Holy Ghost could have arranged for us to start a sermon series on this weekend when we've had time change. And I congratulate you for remembering to set your clocks forward an hour because I had all week long and my uh, first question I was going to ask is, do you know what time it is? And I believe the church needs to be awakened in this hour. Christians need to be awakened. We're living close to the coming of the Lord. You may be seated. Now go to Matthew 16. Keep Luke 21 with a, a marker there because we're going right back there. But I want to show you what Jesus said concerning people that did not discern the signs. Because there's an admonition from the words and the mouth of your own Savior about how important it is to keep your eyes fastened on the signs of the times. Matthew 16, verse 2. He said and answered unto them, When it is evening, ye will say it is fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? In Luke 21, Jesus is saying there are signs, there are indicators that my Father has plastered across heaven as God's billboard. Now, thank God for the new technology that allows us to enjoy high definition, HD. But I want to tell you, God paints high definition across the sunrise and the sunset. The sunrise this morning was absolutely breathtaking. I'm telling you, God knows all about high definition and he knows all about painting the, uh, the sky with signs and with wonders uh, uh, so that mankind is not left without a witness to how close the soon return of Jesus is. In verse 26, Jesus says, and for looking, he uses the terminology reminding us that we need to look, we need to see, we need to uh, keep our eyes fastened. Verse 27 he actually says the word see. Verse 26, look. Verse 27, see. Verse 28, he says, lift up your heads and look for your redemption draws nigh. I'm cautioning the church. I'm reminding the church on this first Sunday of the sermon series that we need to be aware of the signs, the indicators that point to the soon return of Jesus. The heavens are God's billboard and they're screaming out a message. Sad commentary as many people are not paying attention. As I was studying the signs and the times, a thought came to me. 
I just wonder how many times the Lord uses that word throughout Scripture. Because I started going through all these verses and looking up times and time and times. And I just began uh, to see, oh my goodness, from Genesis to Revelation, that word time or times is used so many times that God is trying to send a signal in the Scriptures. Do you know that the word hope is used 185 times? The word faith is used 246 times. The word love is used 733 times in the scriptures. The word time or times is used 787 times. More than faith, hope, and love, God is trying to send a message. Don't forget what time it is. I know some of you are thinking, Pastor, don't forget what time it is. Amen. Well, I'm not. But God is broadcasting to a world some indicators to be reminded that Jesus is coming soon. He said in verse 28, when you see all of these markers, all these indicators beginning to come to pass, lift up your heads. Awake, O church. Awake, my body of believers, and know that your salvation is nearer than when we believed, according to Romans 13, verse 11. Tonight, we're going to look at the four blood moons in detail that are coming beginning April the 15th. Welcome to another segment of The Spirited Debate. I'm Lauren Green, Chief Religion Correspondent for Fox News Channel. Does God use the motion of the planets to communicate with us, to announce things to come? Well, many people believe that an astronomical occurrence called four blood moons is a message from God. A blood moon is a full lunar eclipse. And four of them in a row is called a tetrad. When they've occurred on the Jewish High Holy Days, it's coincided with major historical events, like the Six-Day War in 1967. Four blood moons on the Jewish High Holy Days has happened only three times in the last 500 years. The next time it occurs is starting next spring on the Jewish Passover. But what, do we know what it's going to happen? I mean, we get a lot of prophecy, a lot of end-time prophecies. Um, I get the books a lot. And... But there's no telling what is actually going to happen. I mean, you could not have pre uh, predicted a six-day war. You could not have predicted a lot of the things that happened after the Second World War with the, you know, w with the uh, partition of, for Israel. Is there, any, is there any way to predict actually what's going to happen? And it will happen after the last four blood moons, which would be in 2015. There is a sequence of prophetic events that the Bible says will happen, but it does not give a win. It just says, when you see these signs, like this, mm -hmm. re, re, lift up your heads and rejoice, your redemption draweth nigh, meaning that the end of this age is coming and the messianic age is going to appear. How long is that? No one knows. And you know, one last thing, though, for the first time in history, I believe Hanukkah is on Thanksgiving. For the first time in thousands of years, and it will not happen ever again. Is that part of what's changing in this world too? God's trying to communicate with us something or is this not even related? Well, uh, I can't address that because that's not something I've researched. But I have researched this backwards and forwards. And the concept that these four blood moons happen on a high holiday four times in a row with a solar eclipse in the middle is beyond the null hypothesis of probability. This is something that the Bible using the sun, the moon, and the stars 
as a communication system to humanity says something is about to change and world history is going to change forever. Can you say amen? I want everybody to look at Luke 21 verse 25. 21 verse 25, Jesus says there shall be signs. There shall be signs. Look at verse 28. He says, look up, lift up your heads. Now go to verse 34. In the light of all that's going to be taking place, he says, take heed to yourself, lest at any times your heart be overcharged. That means weighed down with surfeiting. That means excessive eating. Amen? And drunkenness, intoxication, and cares of this life so that the day comes upon you and you're not awake. So he's telling us as the church living in the last days, we must be cognizant of all that's happening around us. We can't be taken up with life and fail to forget uh, that Jesus' return is soon at hand and that God has set markers, God has given indicators. There are seasons, there are times, there are signs and he's screaming out boldly and loudly, loudly that the end of all this age is about to be upon us. Now I want you to look at verse 25 because he says there shall be signs in the sun and the moon. There have been three tetrads of blood moons. Now I want you to follow this. That word that was used there, tetrad, means a series of four that have taken place in the last 500 years. The word tetrad means series of four. Now there was a series of blood moons and I want you to pretend that this whole stage is about 2,000 years of human history. There was a series of blood moons, and you can study this because I studied this in a number of different areas, but around the, the crucifixion of Christ, there was a series of blood moons that took place, AD 32 to AD 34, that was notable. It was, it was a signpost in the heavenlies that something major was happening with Israel and, and that the, the Messiah was crucified. About 35 years later in human history, there was a series of blood moons. And that was at the fall of Jerusalem and the overthrow of Israel when Titus and the Roman armies came in and they ransacked Jerusalem and they burned uh, the temple uh, to the ground. There were no blood moons or a series of blood moons until later in human history at 1492 to 1494 when Christopher Columbus uh, discovered America. But what was happening in Europe and what was happening in Spain was the Spanish Inquisition. The Jews were being expelled from Europe and from Spain, and they were given two weeks to leave. Uh, I came across a document that has an exact quote from Christopher Columbus, whose name meant the Christ bearer, the light bearer. Listen to what he said verbatim. He said, in the same month in which the king and queen issued the edict that all Jews should be driven out of the kingdom and its territories, in the same month they gave me orders with sufficient men and resources for the discovery of the Americas. His voyage, history denotes, was financed by the confiscated monies from the Jewish families that were driven out during the Spanish Inquisition. So there's a tetrad, a series of four blood moons in 1492. There had not been this series of blood moons until this time frame. 
Now, you fast forward from 1492, there was another tetrad, series of four blood moons that took place in 1948-1949. We know that Israel became a nation. But God is marking the heavens, God, so that when you step back from human history and you look at the markers, you see something major happened around A.D. 32-33. Something major happened at A.D. 70. Something major happened concerning Israel in 1492, 1493. And now something major is happening in Israel in 1948-49 when Israel becomes a nation. Fast forward a few years because in becoming a nation they did not have control of Jerusalem. Thus and henceforth they needed the six-day war. And the six-day war in 1967 was marked by a tetrad. Watch it there. By a tetrad of, of uh, four blood moons that came together to signify, as you're watching human history, wow, something happened in history that the moon was, was shouting about. The blood moon was shouting about. Something happened in 1492. Something happened in 1948. Something happened in 1967. And now, coming upon us, April 15, is another tetrad, a series of four blood moons that are about to be released so that the you know uh, the world sees this one person that that uh, doesn't re really regard this but you can read so many articles that really are pointing to the fact of this taking place but says well the Jews won't be able to see all four of these I'm telling you the Jews are going to be able to see it the world's going to be able to see it because it's going to be on on international television we're going to see it the Jews in America will be able to see it. Amen. And it's still a signpost. It is a marker. And it's happening on Jewish holy days. Amen. And God is using the moon to give a signal. You know, the, the Jewish calendar is a lunar calendar. It's very different than our Gregorian calendar. And their lunar calendar, so that the moon is giving signals to Israel and things, what is going to happen over the next 16 months during these, this tetrad of four blood moons? I think during this time, and it may happen a little before, it may happen a little after, but this sequence, when you step back in human history, there will be a marker in the heavenlies that said, God did something significant with Israel during this time. It has happened down through history. Could they be getting some more land? They're not going to take and settle for less land. Amen. Well, right in the middle of these four blood moons is a total solar eclipse coming early in 2015. We all know that in the Jewish calendar, they, they count their calendar in succession. There was not a break at BCAD. And so we're in the year 5774, which we learned in January as Aeon Dilet. And I began to study that out again this week. Not only does it mean the year of the open door, but it also carries the connotation that during this year, be refreshed. It says, drink and be refreshed, for this is the year of the open door to you. I want to shout this morning. I'm telling you, the church of Jesus Christ and the people of Israel have entered a year of open door. And then I begin to explore what the new year Next year is going to bring 5775 on the lunar Jewish calendar. And it is the year of new beginnings. It is the year of rescue. It is the year of deliverance. It is the year of help and safety, of salvation and victory. 
I sure do like that calendar, amen. But I want to take you to what's been happening because Jesus said, said there shall be signs in the moon and in the sun. But he also said in the stars. Do you remember what happened on Thanksgiving Day? Yes, first time ever or in so many years that Hanukkah and Thanksgiving came together on the same day. But there was still, there was a visible sign in the heavenlies on Thanksgiving afternoon. I pointed it out to you as we came close to it. And it was the comet Ison that was flying near to the sun and the astronomers of the world were watching Ison. One article I read said that every astronomer worth his salt was watching the skies on Thanksgiving Day to see what would happen. It was called the Comet of a Hundred Years. There was a further star, a, a comet in the sky. Two weeks ago, the monster asteroid that whizzed by Earth. Amen? And even this week, another asteroid that came close to Earth. In 2014, the hurricane prediction by the leading hurricane forecasting group. The ones that they attribute that have had 90% accuracy. I am not going to state this because I am not going to confess this. I confess mercy. I confess grace. I, I know what they're going to say is going to happen this year in the hurricane season, but we're claiming a blood covering. Amen. Earthquakes in diverse places. Earthquakes in South Carolina and Georgia last month. Unbelievable. One of the largest recorded rock slides and landslides in human history took place two weeks ago, but didn't really catch a lot of people's attention because it happened in a remote place of Alaska, February 16th, 2014. But every earthquake sensor in the world went off. It was so massive. The forecast by the groups that forecast cataclysmic earthquakes with huge accuracy predicted seven catastrophic earthquakes last century. They are predicting 21 catastrophic earthquakes in our world this century. Dust storms and sandstorms in Africa that have brought havoc to Europe and the Middle East the winter storms this year that have been historic with ice and snow and sleet. Somebody say amen. Look at what I saw on the internet this week that Niagara Falls was frozen completely over. This has happened not once this winter, but twice. It happened in January where Niagara Falls, now they put lights on it at night so you could see it, but Niagara Falls was frozen over this week. Tornadoes are being predicted. It was in the news this morning. Severe hail, flooding is being predicted. Wars and rumors of wars. If you look directly north of Jerusalem, which is the center point that God always defines everything from, due north of Jerusalem is Moscow. And you look at the saber rattling that's been going on in the last few weeks as the army of the north is coming south towards the Ukraine to exert their power, they do not want to lose the opportunity to the Black Sea and even someday further down. But in your, in your news this week, it was how that uh, the army or Russia to the north and China to the east have united together. And they're coming together like never before. Wars and rumors of wars. 
Friends, I think we need to get serious about the time in which we live. I want everybody to look at Luke 21, verse 29, because I want to head to point number two. The fig tree is called to our attention. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. How many know what the last tree to bud is signifying that harsh winter is over, there'll be no more freezes, severe freezes. How many know what tree that is? The pecan tree. All right, how many knew that? Raise your hand. Oh, well, you didn't say it, amen. Well, the pecan tree is the last tree to bud out. But Jesus used the fig tree to represent Israel. And as I was studying this yesterday, I, I thought, I'm going to go out in my backyard and look at my fig tree because I had not really noticed a week or so ago any, any buds on that, but already my fig tree is budding out. And I looked at it yesterday. And I thought about this because Jesus said in the last days you would see the budding forth of, of the tree of Israel. You would see the nation coming back together. And that it is a further sign. I'm telling you, there's a lot of indicators. It's not just about blood moons. It's not just about sun. It's not just about stars. It's not just about earthquakes. I'm telling you, there is a whole panacea of signs, of illustrations where God is lighting up the universe and telling mankind, time is short. Your time is short. Get serious about the things of God. But he said the fig tree, which represents Israel, would begin to bud. In Psalm 120, verse 13, the psalmist says, You will arise and you will have compassion on Israel, for it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. Living in the last days, I want to tell you, I think it's important to show favor to the fig tree. I don't think it's happenstance. I don't think it's coincidence. I think God has ordered us to bless Israel and to do something favorable for Israel, the fig tree. I want everybody to look at Genesis 12. Everyone look at Genesis 12. The Abrahamic covenant made to the people of God, first to Israel. And the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Look at verse 3. I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. And in Abraham, all the families of the earth. I want to tell you, friends, that's our family. That is us. I claim my family is underscored under this passage. My family is blessed in Abraham. I am blessed. This church family is blessed. I'm the spiritual head. And I declare and we give allegiance to Father Abraham and to the seed of Abraham. And we bless Israel. Listen to me, sir, watching by television right now. You touch Israel and you are poking your finger in the eye of God. God says, he that toucheth Israel toucheth the apple of my eye. And I don't think you want to touch God's eyeball. 
I don't think you want to stand in your affirmation and poke your finger in God's eye when God says, I will bless them that bless her and I will curse him that curseth her. I take all of the, you know, some people just want certain promises out of the book. You can't just have some of these promises. You got to look at the word of God as a whole and every jot and every tittle applies to our lives. Watch what God did in his word and Jesus in his ministry. Jesus honored a Roman officer that asked him to come to his home, a Gentile. Jesus goes to a Gentile's home, which would have been considered unclean, but he goes in Luke 7 verse 5 to heal the man's servant because this man loved the nation of Israel and had built a synagogue for the Jews. And so Jesus goes to this Roman officer's home and heals his servant. Where do you think the Holy Ghost was first poured out to the Gentiles? God doesn't do things by happenstance or coincidence, and I want you to watch this if you've got unsaved family and unsaved loved ones. There was specific choice and specific direction. In Acts 10, 22, when the Holy Ghost was poured out upon the Gentiles at Cornelius' home, it was said concerning Cornelius, he is a just man who fears God and has a great reputation among Israel. And so the Holy Ghost was poured out in Cornelius' home and his whole house was saved and they were all baptized in the Holy Ghost. Discount what you want to discount. When I read the Word of God, I believe what it says and I honor the, the pictures, the types, the, the shadows, the signs, the implications. And God was very clear that He healed a Gentile's servant and that He poured out the Holy Ghost in a home that honored Israel. I want to tell you, as for me and my house, we're going to bless Israel. I want everybody to lift your hands and speak a blessing over Israel right now. We bless the nation of Israel. And we speak favor of God. And we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Point number three, and I'll hasten to a close. Luke 19, verse 13. Jesus says, in the light of the soon return, he says, don't cop out on me. He says, and uses the word occupy. Occupy, occupy literally means, if you study the word out in the Greek, it means to Continue to conduct business. It means keep your eye on the horizon. You see, if, if I thought that Jesus was coming next Sunday, I would do everything I could do this week to, to get my house in order, get things ready. If you knew that Jesus was coming next Sunday morning at 1045, how many would be in church? Come on, be honest. If you knew he was coming, how, be, how many would be here? Well, that, that's a no-brainer. Jesus says in the light, I am painting the sky with billboards. I'm, tell, I'm giving you all the pictures, all the types, all the symbols. I'm telling you the coming of the Lord is hand. Lift up your heads, look around you, know that the redemption uh, draws nigh. And he says, until I come, occupy. He gives the illustration, I'm going to give out 10 pounds, 5 pounds, 1 pound. And he says, be faithful with what I put in your hands. I want to tell you that unavailable in the last days is not a good thing. You need to use what God's put in your life for the advancement of the cause of Christ. 
I have never seen unavailable work out for the long term. God has called this church to arise. And in closing, I want everybody to look at Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60. God has called this church to arise. He's called you to arise. Some of you have been battling depression. Some of you have been battling fear. Some of you have been battling uh, needing a breakthrough. I, I want to tell you, it's time to get up. This is the day of your open door. Not next year, today. This is 5774. And the year of the open door. It is now time to arise. I, you know, you can't be seated while I declare this over you. I want you to stand. Don't go anywhere. I want everybody to look at Isaiah 60, verse 1. I want you to write this and inscribe this on your homes, families, businesses. We walk through this building almost every single day, prophesying, declaring over people's businesses to prosper, our families of this church to prosper and be blessed, open doors to come. It says, arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord. First, we've got to get up, but the glory is all about God. He adds the glory in his presence. His manifest presence. Darkness is going to be all around you. Gross darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon you and his manifest presence will be seen upon you. Gentiles shall come. Some versions say shall flow. It means there's just going to be a flowing of the Gentiles to come. Kings, leaders, brightness to the brightness of the rising. I, I think we will be astounded at who God brings across our path from around the world. And I don't think it'll be happenstance. God says he's going to cause it to flow. He's going to cause it to just manifest and flow. He said, Gentiles shall flow to the light. And kings, and verse 4 says, lift up your eyes. Here it is again. Look around you and see. All they that gather themselves together, they shall come to thee. Your sons are coming home. Everybody's got lost sons. I want you to say amen. amen. And look at your daughters. They're going to nurse at your side. And they're going to be near to you. Then thou shalt see and flow together. And your heart's going to be delighted. That's what it means. Your heart shall, be fear, shall fear and be enlarged. The abundance of the Gentiles that they will bring with them will be the resources of the work of God and the work for your family. Amen? But look at verse 11, because I couldn't stop here. I was reading this and studying it again this week. Therefore thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night, that men shall bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles. I thought in an hour when churches brag and boast that they've downsized to one service a week, I want to have church every day. I want the doors to be open continually. Amen. Uh, we came up in here last night, and I want to tell you the presence of God was so strong in here at 6 o'clock. There was an anointing in this place. The Friday night, I understand that in that, in that prayer meeting and, and prayer time, the glory and Shekinah presence of God just filled that room across the street. 
I, I want the doors open continually. I'm not willing for, willing for a lost world to have to find a church that's open. Evangel Temple's going to be open. Verse 13. The glory of Lebanon shall come upon thee. The fir tree, the pine tree. We got a lot of pine trees in the box together to beautify the place of my sanctuary. God's interested in his sanctuary being beautified and presentable for the Gentiles that are going to flow. Derek, put up on the screen. We have entered the vision of Arise. And church, it's time to get up and do something for God in this hour. We stand here today and we have been so blessed because people stood up in the late 90s and they rose up to do something great for God and now more ministry than ever before is being conducted because people took a step of faith. And I want to tell you, it's time to arise and do something significant that I honestly believe will enlarge the kingdom of God in this area and many other areas. I believe vision arise is going to enlarge the kingdom of God. And I need your partnership in prayer. I need everybody praying about Arise. I need everyone believing in Arise, and I need your support. Over the next two years, we are endeavoring to believe God to help us raise $2 million so that we don't have to borrow. I believe we ought to be debt-free and not have to borrow money. Living in these last days, you need to work at your family finances to getting out of debt as soon as you can. But I want to tell you, this first building to your left, that lodge will be built on these properties. It's about 5,000 square feet. Every classroom in all of our buildings is already taken. We need more classrooms. We need this nice facility to continue the growth and ministry of this entire church. The children will use this. The youth will use this. The adults, our seniors. It's going to be an important place, ministry for our church. The expansion of the foyer for our nurseries. Our nurseries on most Sundays are packed and children's churches are packed. And we've got to have more space. If we don't provide more space, friends, uh, we're missing a door of opportunity. And then over to the right to bless the nation of Israel, to do something this church and most churches in America have never done. I believe God, this is an incredible step of faith. But I have talked to ministry leader after ministry leader in Israel and told them what we're doing. And they're all just, they just see the vision without saying their expressions. I want to tell you, I believe God wants us to bless Israel. It's time to arise. And I want everybody to slip up your hands. And Father, I speak all the blessings of Isaiah 60 over this church family. That God, your blessings and favor will come upon us so that we might occupy knowing that the coming of the Lord is at hand. Knowing that even the blood moons that signal your further dealings with Israel and the world in coming days and weeks reminds us it's just another marker of how soon things are wrapping up. And Lord, we do believe the return is at hand, and so we must continue to do and continue to plant, continue to sow, and not be like the one steward that hid his pound and failed. He was unavailable with that pound. And you took it from him.
And Lord, I pray that every one of us will offer what's in our lives, oh God, for the furtherance of the building of your church. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you need to pray, I want to invite you to leave where you're standing and come to this altar right now. If there is a spiritual need in your life, I invite you to come. If you're not saved, if you're not sure that you're saved, if you're a backslider, or if you're a Christian struggling with sin, come right now in the name of Jesus. I invite you to come. I invite you to come. I implore you to come in Jesus' name. The time is short. The coming of the Lord is near. And we must occupy. Jesus, thank you for your church. Thank you that you show us very clearly in the word what you're concerned about. You came to seek and save the lost and you came to build your church. Herein lies the wisdom of the scriptures. May we apply ourselves to both things you show clearly. For then you shall have great success. Seeking and saving of souls in the building of the church of Jesus Christ. You gave yourself for the church and you said the gates of hell would not divide or prevail against it. I want everybody to slip up your hands and let's recommit ourselves afresh and anew to the holy God. Holy, holy, holy is his name.